Welcome to Women's HealthCast, a podcast from the University of Wisconsin Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. I'm Jackie Askins. With this podcast, I'll be exploring issues and innovations around women's health with a little help from experts in the UW Department of OBGYN. Nearly 80 million Americans have some strain of the human papillomavirus, which can cause several types of cancer in men and women. The CDC recommends that adolescents receive the HPV vaccine, which protects against cancer-causing strains, but vaccine uptake remains low. To learn more about HPV, vaccination, and new projects to fight HPV at the University of Wisconsin, I talked to Jake Lauer. Dr. Lauer is a general obstetrician gynecologist in the UW-Madison Department of OBGYN. I am happy to welcome Dr. Jake Lauer to the Women's Health Cast. Um, today, Dr. Lauer is going to talk to us a little bit about HPV vaccination. So first, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, I'm a general OBGYN um, in the department, and I've been here for about two and a half years. I'm uh, originally from Kansas and did my training in Oklahoma, and then I uh, came up here following residency, and I've been here since. So why did you want to become a doctor? I grew up in a, a really small town, and so um, I think growing up in a small town, you see the role that physicians play in the community is not just as a healthcare provider, but just as like a community leader and a community advocate. And so I think just seeing that role that different physicians played in my community was really key. And then also just being always fascinated by science and the the tools that we have in medicine to alleviate suffering and make people's lives better. Um, it always just seemed really appealing to do that as a career. What made you want to pursue obstetrics and gynecology? Yeah, it was a huge surprise. Uh, it was not a field that I had ever really considered or even knew much about prior to medical school. And then um, through my medical training, I just really appreciated the variety that happens in our field in terms of surgery and um, continuity of care and preventative medicine. And I really liked all of those things. And um, I also just found that women make really fantastic patients. And it's uh, just a joy to be able to take care of, um, of women who are um, mothers and who are leaders and who are workers. And there's just such a variety of roles that um, it's just a, a fun and privileged uh, population to work with. What does an average day look like for you? <laughs> That's a good question. There's probably not really an average day. Um, each day is, is kind of uh, uh, different. So um, in a lot of days, I am in clinic uh, seeing patients, both obstetrical and gynecologic patients. And then other days, I'm in the operating room uh, doing surgery. And then uh, there are days where I spend on labor and delivery uh, doing um, obstetrical cases and deliveries. And then uh, I've figure out how to fit some administrative time in there for meetings and research and projects. So speaking of research then, um, I know you're launching a quality improvement project to provide more HPV vaccinations to women in the catch-up age group. Um, before we get to what even the catch-up age group is, I want to take a few steps back and start with what is HPV? Yeah, HPV is the human papillomavirus. So it's a, a group of viruses. There's about 150 of them that we know of. Um, but we know that many of these viruses, at least 13 of them, are viruses that can cause cancers in humans. Um, and they can cause other diseases as well, but those are the thing that primary, primarily grab our attention. 
How common is HPV? It's really common, and I think that's one of the things that's kind of shocking to people uh, when they first learn about it is how common it is. So um, the, the vast majority, almost all um, men or women who are ever sexually active uh, will be exposed and infected with a strain of HPV at some point in their life. Um, at any given point in the adult population, about 40% of people uh, carry an HPV infection, and the vast majority of those people don't know they have it, um, which is one of the reasons why um, it's sometimes really surprising to people. You mentioned that it can cause cancer. Um, can you tell me more about what kinds of cancer and any other diseases that HPV can cause? Yeah, the, the primary cancers that um, are, are caused by HPV are cervical cancers in women, um, but also vulvar cancers and vaginal cancers, which are more rare, but um, really significant um, diseases. And then also uh, cancers of the oropharynx, which we think of as like the tongue and the back of the throat, um, cancers can um, grow there that are caused by HPV. And those cancers can occur in both men and women. Um, also in men, we see cancers of the penis, um, of the anus, um, and the oropharynx as well. Are there any other diseases or symptoms? Uh, the the main other disease that's caused by HPV is genital warts, um, which um, are also are also common, but we know that are caused by at least two strains of HPV. So why is the HPV vaccine important? Well, the HPV vaccine is important partly because the HPV infections are so common um, that um, every, really everybody who is ever sexually active in their lives is going to have an opportunity to be exposed to HPV. And the HPV vaccine is designed to prevent infection with the strains that are most likely to cause these types of cancers. And so we really see it as a vaccine that is, the goal of it is cancer prevention. What is the recommended time or age range for, um, for getting the HPV vaccine? Currently, the recommendations are that um, the vaccine be started in early adolescence. So the goal is to vaccinate children who are age 11 to 12. And the, the newest recommendation is that they receive two doses at the, of the vaccine. Um, after their first dose, the second one should be given uh, six to 12 months um, later. Um, but there is a, a chance for people to be vaccinated once they're outside of that age range as well. As I was trying to learn a little bit more about the vaccine and preparing for this, um, I read that there are uh, other vaccines recommended around the same age range uh, with much higher rates of uptake than the HPV vaccine. So for example, um, the Tdap vaccine, tetanus, diphtheria, acellular pertussis. Um, the CDC said that last year, 88% of teens got at least one dose. Um, compared to only about 43% of um, teens who are up to date on the HPV vaccine. So I'm wondering why is there such a big difference in uptake for something like Tdap versus HPV? You're right. There, um, other vaccines have much higher um, rates of uptake, upwards of 80 to 90 percent. And um, since the HPV vaccine first became available a little over 10 years ago, um, we have seen kind of a disappointingly low uptake of the vaccine. And so in most states and regions, uptake hovers around 40 uh, to 45 percent. And uh, there's probably a lot of factors that play into that. Um, pr probably the biggest factor that we know of is just that um, HPV, for the most part, is a sexually transmitted infection. And so a lot of times the conversations both between children and parents as well as between uh, providers and patients oftentimes centers around the 
the fact that it is sexually transmitted, which can just be a difficult and uncomfortable conversation to have, especially when you're talking about um, children that have not become sexually active in their early adolescence. Um, it can just be an uncomfortable topic. And so unfortunately, a lot of times that conversation gets avoided um, or, it, or it just gets touched on very briefly. And so the vaccine is, is received or, or thought of as being less important or, or less helpful than other vaccines. Do you have any suggestions or recommendations for providers who are kind of uncomfortable approaching this conversation? Yeah, we um, there's been a lot of research uh, done within our department, but also nationally looking at reasons that providers are uncomfortable talking about the vaccine and how uh, we go about changing the dynamics of that conversation. And one of the big things is just to realize that providers have a lot of influence in in patients' decisions to be vaccinated or not to be vaccinated. And so most patients who don't receive the vaccine would say that they would receive the vaccine if they received a strong recommendation from their provider to get it. And so I think just a big part of it is having providers to recognize the amount of influence that they have in those conversations, um, but also to change our paradigm about how we think about HPV vaccination, to, to no longer think of it as a, a vaccine to prevent a sexually transmitted infection, but rather as a vaccine to prevent cancers, which really is the ultimate goal of the vaccine. I want to learn a little bit more about your specific quality improvement project. Um, tell me a little bit more about your goals and what the project will entail. Yeah, our, our project is aimed at vaccinating women who are postpartum. And so, as I mentioned earlier, the, the primary target population for the vaccine is children age 11 to 12. Um, but because we have such low uptake of the vaccination, the, the vaccine is also approved for vaccination of women up to age 26. And so we call that age range um, the catch-up age group for people who had not been vaccinated. And one of the difficulties in our fields is that we... The, the primary age group that's supposed to be vaccinated is cared for by pediatricians. But oftentimes pediatricians are not seeing the ultimate consequences of HPV vaccinations. And as obstetrician gynecologists, we do see the consequences of that, um, but we don't provide primary care for the target age population. So one of the ways that we see a lot of women in the catch-up age range is during pregnancy. So women who are in their late teens, early 20s, uh, who are pregnant um, present an opportunity for us to potentially vaccinate uh, women who are previously unvaccinated. And so um, even just in our population here at UW Health, there's several hundred women every year that come through our offices because of obstetrical care who are either unvaccinated or who have been incompletely vaccinated. And we've recognized that it presents this really great opportunity for us to promote vaccination and to catch some of those women who um, have not been vaccinated so that we can prevent uh, cancers for them in the future. If someone has already contracted HPV, should they still get the vaccine? Yes, uh, that is the recommendation from the Centers for Disease Control and from other experts is that uh, women who have been exposed to HPV at any point in their lives um, up, up to that catch-up age of 26 uh, should be vaccinated. And the reason is, is that there's a number of HPV strains that can cause cancer. And the current HPV vaccine that we utilize vaccinates against nine different strains. So for women who have been exposed to one strain or even two strains of HPV, uh, vaccination would help prevent infection with strains in the future uh, that could put them at risk for cancer. Can I ask, why is 26 the upper age range? 
for the catch-up group? That's a that's a good question. It mostly just has to do with the fact that that's the um, population that was studied in the uh, trials uh, gaining FDA approval uh, for the vaccine. Um, that being said, there are some studies going on internationally looking at the potential uh, for benefits of the vaccination in women even beyond age 26. Um, so it's possible that in the future we could see the vaccine recommended in, in populations past that age as well. What else do you think people need to know about um, HPV, about the vaccination, about how to protect themselves? Yeah, there's. Uh, the, I think the big thing I would want people to know is that um, the, the vaccine is uh, FDA approved and that it has gone through a number of trials evaluating its safety and efficacy both and that uh, we as providers really have a lot of confidence in the vaccine um, in terms of its safety, um, but also its ability to protect women from cancers down the road. And um, I think as providers, we have to just remember that uh, we're trying to prevent cancer in a population um, that's really important from a, from a population health perspective. So um, the cancers that are caused by HPV, especially cervical cancer, uh, really puts at risk the lives of women who um, have a vital role um, in our communities and in, and in our society. They're women who are young. They're women who are in the workforce. They're women who are providing care for their families. Um, and so protecting these women from cancers, um, giving them a chance at longer, healthier lives is really the goal of the vaccine. Um, and we have a, a tool at our hands that can really promote that well. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Women's HealthCast is a production of the University of Wisconsin-Madison Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. This episode was produced and engineered by Rob Garza. On the next Women's HealthCast, I'll talk to David Kushner. Dr. Kushner is a gynecologic oncologist in the UW Department of OBGYN and a national expert in physician wellness. In 2018, OBGYNs reported the fourth highest rate of burnout among U.S. physicians. Dr. Kushner and I will talk about what contributes to physician burnout, what it means for patients, and what the medical community is doing to address this issue. <laughs>